0: There it is. Now it's on. I love it. Um, Oh, I don't know if I can lift that. What? Don't hurt yourself. What do I, what do you mean don't hurt yourself? You guys are behind the, (laughs) we are welcome. Great to have you guys here this morning. We're in this series. I know you guys are going to be looking through this fruit tree. Um, Who's eating your fruit? And, And what we, nope, more announcements. Jeremiah, poor Jeremiah. So Seth does it all the time, and we like through Jeremiah. But if, if anybody likes tech or sound and would love to volunteer, we'd love to have you. But he's back there juggling 15 things, and, and I, wonderful. Thank you, Jeremiah, for all that you're doing back there. So we're, we're in this series talking about who's eating your fruit. And this was our key scripture that we kicked off with, and it says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Let me pray right here. Father, I thank you for this time, for these men and women. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I pray as as, um, we come together and worship today, God, that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would touch lives, that you would restore relationships, that you would raise the dead, that you would heal, Father God. And we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The scripture, what we uh, have been asking or what we asked, the three questions around this scripture is this. Who's eating your fruit? And what we decided was this. Everyone's eating your fruit. Wherever you're at, wherever you go in life, someone's eating off the tree of your life. They're eating the fruit of your life. Then we ask the second question, where are they eating? Everywhere you go, they're eating off your life. And then lastly, we ask this question, what are they eating? What is the fruit that is, is, is being produced in your life? Is it the squishy rotten bananas or is it this beautiful tree of grapes and pineapples and, 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 and apples and, and bananas? That's a great tree there. That's a tree from heaven. Just all the different fruit. The only difference is in heaven, it'll have Snicker bars too. So you have Snicker bars produced with, along with grapes and everything else. So it'll be... What, and the question is, what are they eating off your life? What are they tasting? What do they pick when they look at you? And this week I want to talk about... Last week we talked about unforgiveness and forgiveness. This week I want to talk about the fruit of compassion. What does compassion look like? What does the fruit of compassion look like in our, li- our lives? Luke 10, we'll start off with our story in verse 25... Through 28, and it says this, And behold, a lawyer stood up, there's our first problem, the lawyer, okay, where's our man, he's not here, Vince isn't here, shoot, I was hoping he, Vince is the lawyer that usually comes and sits over here, I was hoping he's here so I can say that joke, but he's not, let him know I said that, okay, thank you, <laughs> and behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You should love the Lord your God with your heart, with your soul, and with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbors yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Do this and you will live. Now it's interesting. There's so much in this little passage, just that little, you know, there's there's putting them to the test. There's a, a message right there, putting Jesus to the test. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? There's a message. You know, love God, love others, do this, you will live. All these things just compacted in those first few verses. But but what does the lawyer really want to get to? What does he really want? You know, we see all those things, but, but this lawyer who's asking the question, what does he really want? And we see in verse 29 because it says, but he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, who's my neighbor? It's not unlike you and me. You know, we look at the lawyer and we laugh at the lawyer and we laugh at the fact that, you know, he's testing Jesus and all these things. And, but he's not unlike me, who wishing to, to, to justify my sin, wishing to justify my stupidity, and I don't mean that in the knowledge part, although that would apply, but I mean it in the sense of doing stupid things. In, in my foolishness with the woman that I love, And how I treat her, I love to justify my sin. And my job, with my kids. He's talking about each one of us wanting to justify our sin. Who we are, self-preservation. He's a lawyer, again. (laughs) See, See, he understands words. Not unlike many of you and me. Uh, he, he understood that, that, that in life there would be people that he just didn't like. He knew that there are people that he didn't want to hang out with. He knew there are people that, that wouldn't be the ones that he would spend time with. Not unlike you and I. So he he tries to to play this game with the words and and limit the law by, by using this word neighbor because he says, who is my neighbor? But when you look at the word neighbor and you look at it in the Greek and you look at the Hebrew, the word neighbor in the Greek says someone who is near. In the in the Hebrews is someone that, that you have an association with. Therefore, he understood, this lawyer, that what he was asking Jesus was this. Look, is my neighbor the guy that I like, the guy that I live next door to, that I, I hang out and play poker with? Is my neighbor the, the, the people that, that is my family that is really near to me? You know, he, he's putting this, this game and he's playing this game with Jesus. How many of you know you don't win that game? I've tried it. I'm like a thousand and zero. I lose every time. And, and he's playing this game. The, the key here is the word neighbor here is limited to the sense that that would only be referring, and the lawyer said, referring to those uh, that, that were fellow Jews. And it would exclude the Samaritans, it would exclude the Romans and all the foreigners. See, but Jesus always untangles the lies that we use to justify our actions. He he untangles those lies that you and I use to try to justify our sin and who we are. So he tells the parable of the Good Samaritan to untie this lie that this lawyer is trying to um, speak. He says this in Luke 10, 25-37. So Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and, and and him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to the inn and took care of him. And the next day he took two denarii and he gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor? To the man who had fell among the robbers, he said. The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Let's look at the characters let's look at the, the 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 people in this story let's let's dive in a little bit to who they are which will help you give you an understanding of of really what's what's going on here now the first one is is the robbers now the the, the robbers can, can it, we didn't know who they were specifically but what we do know is is on this road to uh, to jericho that this road that there's all these these twists and winding and caves and places you can hide, easy places to be robbed because they could hide in, in certain places and jump out and get whoever they were trying to rob. We knew that these robbers were strategic. They understood uh, the grounds. They understood as people traveled and what they could do. Not unlike the enemy, as John 10.10 10 says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The robbers are a picture of the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy in your life and mine, sitting sitting in wait hiding in the crevices on the roads that they know that you travel then you had the priest and the levite you had what you had was the the pastors of of Mariners and Pacific Point and, and Grace and, and all of you had these priests and Levites, all these pastors. I was, I was just at um, getting my truck oil changed and something and, and the guy that works with me, is like, hey, the guy that came after you, he's a pastor too. You gotta meet them. And he's like, you know, so there's, pa- there's pastors everywhere in Orange County. That's what it seems like. I run into these pastors everywhere I go. Thank God for the priests and the Levites. These are the people who vocationally were called to be ministers to God. They were the experts in the law. They understood what this Bible said, what it meant. They were the professionals. Then we have the Samaritan. Samaritan was the lowlife. See, the Samaritan was the one who who intermarried. They're Jews and intermarried with a non-Jew and didn't keep the law. So when, when the, the professionals looked at them, they're the ones that, that they shunned, that they wanted nothing to do with, it, that were, were half-breeds, they would say. And then we get to the man. Here's what we know about the man. Nothing. It, it's, it's, it's not unlike society today. And there's this whole group of people walking around with mental illness, walking around having been abused. This whole group of people that have had hellacious lives growing up, this whole group of people, some of them are homeless, not all of them, this whole group of people that that no one really sees, that we just keep walking by, and, and, and many of them put a smile on, and, and the smile will just be the facade to protect their heart, but, but you just walk them by and you know nothing of their story. And when we read this story in scriptures, it says the man, period. We know about the Levite and, the, and we know about the Samaritan. We know nothing about this man, faceless, nameless, this woman, faceless, nameless that we walk by every day. So what happened they stripped him and they beat him and they left him half dead the equivalent today is is this and as we as we look at and bring in parallels and and and, and look at what's going on in society today it, it, it again this isn't a homeless message this this is one aspect of this life because when you deal with addiction and you deal with mental illness and you deal with sin and you deal with everything that we deal with in Orange County that is painted by this facade of I've got it all together and painted by this facade of 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 I am good I am I am fine that is that is is behind the facade is is Drugs and alcohol and insecurity and and lust and perversion and all of these things. And there's these people walking around in this place called Orange County that have been stripped of all their dignity. Maybe it was a family member. Maybe it was a father or a mother that abused them as they were growing up. Maybe it was just being in Orange County. There's people are walking around that have been abused physically, mentally, spiritually. They've been beaten. And, and, and there's this, this group of people that, that we walk by all the time. They're alone and afraid. That, that, that You know, you give the head nod. I give the head nod. I do the judgment. We talked about that last week. I walk by him and go, hey, dude, get a job. I know I'm the only idiot that does that. I know none of you guys are that selfish and that much of a sinner. There, there's this, this group of people that, that you and I don't even see that are, are half dead, that are broken and dead in their spirits and, and hopeless in who they are. Because of addiction, because of abuse, because of mental illness. Stripped and beaten, left half dead. But here's the good news. Verse 31. There's hope, there's good news. The good news is this. Hey, now by chance... By chance, the the priest was going down the road. This is good news. The leader of Pacific Point Church, the pastor itself, fill in the blank, is going down the road. What was going through the man's mind as he's he's laying on the ground, probably you know, one eye completely shut, beaten, just peering out and looking this. Just hoping that someone would come by. What was in his head as, as he's laying there and, 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 and he sees someone coming and he sees that it's a priest? You would distinctly know that it's a priest by what they were wearing. You would know who it was. What was in his head? Thank God! There's a pastor. Thank the Lord! There's someone that has compassion, someone that knows Jesus. Thank God! Look, the fruit on his life must just be luscious and, and, and just, I, I, I will get to eat off of that fruit in his life. And then verse 31. And when he saw him, he passed by the other side. No compassion. No brokenness. Who knows if he even really saw him? Just walked right by. What was going on in the man's head when he saw him walk to the other side? Is he thinking in his head, well, maybe he just didn't see me. God knows that if he's a man of God, if he, if he knows Jesus, if he knows the Father, man, surely he would have he just, you know what, he was so just so buried in his phone and all the texts that he was getting. He just did not see me when he walked by. And in verse 32, it says this. So likewise, the Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, what was going through the man's head this time, it doesn't say how much time went between in the parable. It doesn't say, you know, if it was hours or minutes or whatever. But, but we do know this. He's beaten, left half dead. He's laying on the ground. He can barely see. He watches the first guy go by, the priest, and then the Levite comes by. Who knows how long after, but the Levite comes by. What is he thinking? Hey, it's my lucky day. The first guy didn't see me because he was pretty busy on his phone. But this guy, this guy, the Levite, another pastor, Another Christian, he'll see me. He'll see me and and I'll be all right. Verse 32, he passed by the other side. He walked by. What was going on in his head this time? What, what was he thinking as, as he's like, okay, this doesn't look good. Don't send any people from their church. As the pastor didn't see me. God knows their church people ain't going to see me. What's the, the inner conversation as you, as you know you're dying and, and and you've watched two healthy, godly men walk by you? Maybe it's I'm done. And I don't mean done like I'm going to die here, although I'm sure that was part of it. I'm going to die here and, and my life is over. Maybe maybe it's I'm done with them. Maybe in his mind he's thinking, I, I don't buy this stuff anymore. I'm just done with this Jesus guy. And then in verse 33, but a Samaritan. Remember the Samaritan, the half-breed the ones the Jews wouldn't spend any time with because they had intermarried and didn't follow all the laws. They didn't know what to do. They only went to church twice a month. But the Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. What was going on through his head as he watched the Samaritan came? He's having this conversation. He's nothing. If, if, the, if the Jesus guy can't help me, this guy, there's no way that he's going to. There's nothing. I just, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be here and it's just the way it is and who knows what's going to happen. See, at this point, it's over for so many people. Years of not being seen. Years of walking but not being seen. You know, and, and the church, you know, here, here we are. We, we want to tell them about Jesus. You know, that, that's what we do. We want to tell them about Jesus. Hey, Jesus can change you. Jesus can clean you up and get you a new shirt and a new pair of shoes. Jesus can get you a job. You know that job that you need to get? Jesus can get you that job, and God knows that Jesus can make you a good Republican. And, 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 and at this point, we've just lost a whole group of people. Problem is they've seen your kind before. Or even more importantly, they've heard your kind before. Jesus loves you. He does. I know Jesus loves me. But it's so easy, and, and there's no value and cost to words that aren't backed up by something. There has to be something to, to back up. It's it's I don't know. It, it's the dollar. The dollar. We're on the gold standard for since 72. We go off the gold standard. I don't know why I got on this tangent because I'm mad at the dollar right now. Um, we had the gold standard. It was backed by something. You knew if you took a dollar in the bank, you would get gold back. I don't know what you get back now. The, it's, it's, Jesus loves you, has to be has to be standing on this 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 action of who you are but too many people have heard you say me say i'm just generalizing jesus loves you i don't care if jesus loves me the man may have been thinking what good are your words what good is your theology who cares that you go to pacific point church two times a month Who cares that you're in a small group? Who cares that you have a fish on your car? What's going through this man's head as the Samaritan comes upon him? His hopelessness. What he thought was the fruit of of this relationship with God ended up being just rotten fruit. Now he sees the one that the ones that are supposed to have the fruit talk about being uh, you know, being the chosen ones and being the right ones. But, but now that what I see is this rotten fruit. Hopelessness. Hopelessness. I'm dying over here and you can't see me. I'm dying over here and you can't see me. You can't hear me. You have no idea of my pain. But we sure know that Jesus loves us. But you have no idea who I am. Verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. When he saw this man, he had compassion. It's it's this fruit that just comes forth when we encounter Jesus in this personal relationship when we engage in his word when we pray and when we worship and we fellowship with others this fruit including pineapples that that come off of trees like this and apples and 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 grapes and and oranges and and all of this fruit comes off of off of the life of those who encounter Jesus they don't just encounter him but they have a relationship with Jesus and they 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 process with Jesus and they read his word and they they allow people into their lives to speak into their lives and they understand that it's a relationship not just a religion religion stinks It's, it's rotten it's soft and that's what he experienced until he ran into this Samaritan but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and he saw him, and he had compassion. <sighs> see, you can see someone without actually seeing someone. You can see someone without having compassion for someone. You can look at them as they go by, smile, Jesus loves you, without grabbing a hold and, and, and finding out about their lives and asking how I can make a difference in your life. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the fruit that God calls us to produce as believers so that others might eat. Verse 34. He went to him and he bound up his wounds and pouring oil and wine. And he sent him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The Samaritan man, see, he did the hard things. He did the hard things. He bound up his room, poured oil and wine, set him on his animal, brought him into the inn, took care of him. But but we in, in Christianity, in the church, we don't like doing the hard things. We'd much rather tell you that Jesus loves you. I'd much rather say Jesus loves you and keep on going than stop for a moment and pray for you. Or what, how about this? God forbid, invite you into my home. Or how about this? Instead of giving you $10 to buy a, a, a taco at Del Taco. How about, how about making a difference in your life? Or how about this? Instead of preaching against abortion, grabbing hold of a mom that, that just got pregnant, that has nothing and doesn't know what to do, and, and needs someone to stand by her side and walk her through this process so she doesn't make that choice. But as Christians, we don't like to do the hard th- I don't like to do the hard things. I like to say Jesus loves you. And go on with my tasks. Check my list, check my list, check my list. I can't tell you how many times Eddie calls me and his day is interrupted by the hard things. He's like, I don't have any time to do anything. I'm like, why? What happened today? He's like, well, I went to this house and started talking to this woman, started praying with her. I'm like, dude, you got to pay the bills. Hard things are, are are pouring yourself into someone that is hurting. The hard thing is is grabbing a hold of someone and and, and and peeling back their life and spending time so much so that you know who they are, so much so that you know their hurts, that you understand what they're walking in. The hard things are 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 putting aside all that you are for someone else. The hard things are 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 spreading your hands. And dying on a cross and, and, and your blood flowing from your face and the created in-throwing insults at you. The hard thing is Christ on the cross dying for you and me. Hard thing. But I love to say Jesus loves you. This man, the Samaritan, the half-breed, the nobody, We're going into times in this world that are really difficult. There's some difficult times ahead. And I'm not saying that prophetically. I'm not saying... I'm just saying it because I I read several papers and I have a little understanding of economics and and what's going on. Get ready. It's a beautiful time for the church. It's the time I want to be in the middle of it. Look... For Chris and I, we've talked many times. How do we get out of California, dear Lord? We we could be in Tennessee in a moment. We could be in Texas in a moment. We got friends and we got family. I've been offered a free house in Tennessee. It's I mean, I, let's go. But we can't go because this in the heart is what God has called us to. What do I mean in the heart? Not that you guys are hard. Well, some of you are hard, but not all of you are hard. But I mean by being in the heart is this that 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 living in California is not easy. It'd be much easier for us to go. God has called us to be right in the middle of this stuff. Can't go. You're stuck with us, (laughs) church. If if we can throw ourselves into the hard, if we can, if we have eyes to see, that's compassion. That's the Jesus that we serve. But his compassion didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. I mean, that, that in and of itself, would, I think, would be enough. I'd go, great story. Love it. But it says in verse 35, And the next day he took the two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever you need, or more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Easy for me to read. <laughs> he does... The harder things. Whatever more you spend, I will rep- repay. Basically, he he, he gave him enough for two days' wages. What do you make in two days? What do you what you make in two days? Do the math. Tell me who you give it to. Ah, you know, I got bills to pay. I got a family. I live in California. Food's going up. I ain't got two days wages for anybody. How about a turkey sandwich? Let's call it a day. And I'll say Jesus loves you. He does the hard things. Jesus never said that this thing was going to be easy. We've sold you a false set of goods that says run down to the front, raise your hand, give your life to Jesus, and it's going to be real easy after that because I'm going to make things all good. Your marriage is going to be great. Your kids are going to be perfect. You're going to get a heck of a lot of money. You're going to have a nice car, nice house, and things are going to be so good, and you're going to live to be 110. It's a lie. Jesus said the opposite. He said, tough times are coming. But, but the beauty of this, this intimacy and relationship with Jesus is this. When they come, when the storms come, I have hope. When the storms hit, no, 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 I have trust. When the storms hit, I have a peace. This is, I'm only passing through this place. I was with a buddy the other day and, and he, he was struggling and and. A step removed from suicide. And, and, and I said, dude, we're only passing through this place. This isn't home. Don't set your your, your, your feet so deep into this place that when, when, things, when that storm comes that it just throws you. in a, This isn't home. We're just coming through. But while we're here, God has called us to this place of producing fruit, the fruit of compassion for others so that they might encounter the sweetness of Jesus and who he is. This man gave everything. Jesus on hard things. Verse 36. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. You go and do likewise. See, the fruit of compassion, compassion coming forth from our lives is to be eaten by others. When compassion goes forth and, and they grab a hold of, of whatever it is, the fruit that's coming forth, and they, they just mm, take that bite under that apple. This is sweet and, and you can taste the sugar and you can taste the, the you can it just the texture and every aspect in, in your your mind and your, your taste buds and your brain it just mmm that's what Jesus does. When, when when you bring the hope of Christ to someone who's been had no hope, who's been dead inside. It's stimulated by by the fruit of Jesus. And we say, Jesus loves you. He does. He absolutely does. But it's so much more than that. Jesus says, go and do likewise. Be compassionate, be compassionate to others. Let them eat that fruit off your life. In other words, he says this. I chose you, church. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear this fruit among others. This fruit of compassion. That this fruit of compassion will last. That's the church. That's my prayer for you, for me, for us. Is that we wouldn't just walk by people. For some of us, we walk by people that live in our home. For some of us, we walk by people in our office every day. He says, You go and do likewise. Sympathy, concern, and compassion for others. For who? For those who are suffering. For those who are misfortunates. For the mentally ill. For your sons, for your daughters. For your husbands and your wives. For others. That's the gospel. The good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Comes through this fruit of compassion that grabs a hold of us, and as people eat off it, they experience Jesus. Experience Jesus. They experience Jesus. They taste Jesus. They smell Jesus. They they see Jesus. This isn't a message just about homeless. At least you think I'm talking about the homeless, but it is about homeless. Some of you know others that have been stripped. They've been beaten. They've been broken. They're alone and half dead. They need to be seen. They need to be seen. Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of these, Matthew 25, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these brothers, you did to me. The least of these. Why does Jesus say to do this? Because it should be the fruit that is naturally produced off of every believer. Every believer should should be producing grapes and bananas and pineapples and apples and oranges. And every believer, the fruit should just... Pops off. you know once in a while you get a you get a bad banana in there. I, I, in fact I get more bad bananas than I, I would like, but it shouldn't be the main fruit of my life. My life shouldn't like this, look like this, barren with with rotten bananas on it. Our lives should should be full and luscious and and, and and people wanting people to just just go and grab a hold of it. That's what's produced off believers' lives. Not that. The story? Your life is a display of the fruit of Jesus eaten by others. That's the story. That's the story. When Jesus grabs a hold of you, you start just producing, producing, producing. The story is let them eat. Church, let them eat. Church, let them eat the fruit off your life wherever it might be, that they might know Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Savior that gave his life for me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. For these men and women, God, I thank you that, that, that this church is the hands and feet of Jesus. Oh, God, that we'd have eyes to see. Oh, God, that we would stop. We'd listen to the Holy Spirit and your compassion would go forth, Father God. God, we pray that that people would eat off the compassion of our lives and they'd experience you, Jesus. That they might know you and come into that Everlasting relationship. In your precious name we pray. Amen. The Bible says this. That today is the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus, if you haven't experienced the sweetness, the fruit of the life of Jesus, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Romans 10:9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says, you will be saved. That, that if I just confess who I am and who he is, and you receive what he did for you on the cross, it says, you will have everlasting life. And as you enter into that relationship with him, this fruit will come forth. If you want to know Jesus today, today is the day of just surrendering your life. Allowing him to be Lord. We're getting ready to receive communion. and The Bible says this on the night that he was betrayed, that that he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. He said, this is my body that's been broken for you. He says, eat this in remembrance of me. And then he took the wine that, that represented his blood, and he said, drink this and remember of to me. This is my covenant that I made with you. Communion's a time when you come into that relationship with Jesus. If you accepted Jesus as your Savior today, this is a time that you come and you remember. This is a time as, as believers that we come and set ourselves in line with him. And if compassion hasn't been one of those things that just flows out of your life and, and like fruit this is a time of repentance. Oh God, forgive me for being so about me and not about you. God, give me eyes to see. When we receive this communion, it's a time of taking all that you are and line it up with him and saying, I want you to be Lord of my life. I'm done being Lord of my life. God, Jesus, you be Lord of my life. As we sing this last song, there's there's communion stations, um, and we've just kind of shifted the last little while since uh, we feel like we're out of COVID, but there are little packs of communion if you want to do that. Otherwise, there's bread, and you dip it in the juice. We've gone back to stations so that families could receive communion together again. So as we receive, um, or as we sing this last song, um, come to one of the stations and receive the lord's supper and celebrate what god has done father as we receive this morning lord we say thank you god we say thank you for your son jesus all that he's done for each one of us that we would know him intimately